0: On the Rebel Sports Network from Learfield. Live from Bailiwick, inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino. Welcome to the Runnin' Rebels Coaches Show. Presented by Fenley Toyota. Also brought to you by Boyd Gaming. Experience life rewarded with Boyd Rewards. Proud sponsor of UNLV Athletics. And by chevrolet frankly we're customer driven now here are your hosts john sandler and curtis terry
1: welcome once again to the runner rebel coaches show here at uh, the bourbon street lounge inside the orleans hotel and casino john sandler curtis terry with you we've got a, a couple of guests special guest assistant coach jamal williams is going to join us kevin krueger the head coach of course will join us a little bit later on it's great to have you here really appreciate it after uh uh, a long day and 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 night yesterday didn't get uh, didn't get back home until uh, after midnight last night and uh, uh, certainly a, a quiet ride after a, a, a little bit of a another frustration for the runner rebels they battled their hearts out up in Logan that is a very very tough place to play if you were listening to the radio last night you could hear the crowd it was uh, in, an incredible environment and the rebels did uh, just about everything they could they. We talked about it last night, Kurt. Uh, an inch here, an inch there on the the little floater by uh, Luis Rodriguez on the steal attempt by Jordan McCabe late in the game. Uh, one fingernail longer or one one inch shorter on that shot, and uh, but it might have been different. But the Rebels unfortunately dropped it, seventy-five, seventy-one. John Sandler, Curtis Terry, uh, with you, and uh, it's uh, it's just that part of the season where it's a grind, whether uh, you know for for just about everybody and the Rebels included. But I think there's some encouragement you can take out of last night, and we'll talk a little bit about that. We've got, as we said, Assistant Coach Jamal Williams with us. We're going to spend some time talking about him, his background, his journey to Las Vegas, and uh, his thoughts on the team. But, uh, Kurt, as I said, uh, frustrating, but some encouraging signs last night. Uh, Keyshawn Gilbert kind of returning to form. Great to see. Jordan McCabe with a terrific game. And uh, that little kid, that that young guy, looked pretty good at the big kid. Keyshawn Hall had a heck of a ball game.
2: Yeah, and we you put me on the spot because last a lot of good things to take away from it um, aside from the final outcome. Um, it's obviously disappointing. Playing up there in Logan's a tough place to play, a tough place to win. Um, I don't know how many how – we lost six straight up there, I think, or something like that. Six or seven, um, yeah. Two many in a row. We can hopefully – better luck next year. Um, but, no, it's a, it's a situation where the guys did what they needed to do to get themselves back in the game after that slow start. Um, and then, again, with with Funk going going crazy in that, late in that first half and, and doing a great job on him in the second half because he didn't score the rest of the way. Um, but a lot of bright spots, especially Jordan McCabe having a big game offensively, Keyshawn Hall having a great game, and, and Keyshawn Gilbert, like you said, getting back to form and, and kind of doing what we saw from him about four or five weeks ago. Um, but, again, it's just trying to get everybody on the same page, playing the right way and, and doing the right things at the right time.
1: Yeah, let's uh, bring in assistant coach Jamal Williams. Coach, we really appreciate you being with us, uh, uh, you know,
3: You've been through these wars. You've been through seasons. where 13 games. It's 14 games before we got into the conference play, and so they have a chance to really di- to dissect our, our offense or just uh, dissect our defensive scheme and find ways to try to take advantage of it. You know, um, it seems like every time we put a fire out that people f- find a way to expose, they bring up something new, and we're now working to try to figure that out. So, um, that is a part of conference, right? You just see so many times, so many games in, that you can go through and kind of break down and see where other teams have success and then you try to implement it in your own offense of game planning your own scheme. And then, um, you know, you kind of catch off guard and we have to make the adjustments.
1: CT, what about from a player's perspective in terms of the difference between non-conference and conference?
2: You, and they know what you're going to do. I mean, like Coach said, I mean, you, you go through it and – and not that conference non-conference play doesn't matter but i mean you at the end of the day you're playing for that automatic bid i mean that's when you, you can really control your own destiny and these co- these coaches and these players i mean they know who's in their conference they know who's in their league um they scout them you, you play them at least twice and you get to the conference tournament, you get to play them a third time um but that's that's what your, your calendar is circled for i mean in the non-conference you might have those one or two or three big non-conference games against the big teams either at home or on the road but you're really positioning yourself to try to put yourself in a position to get that automatic bid once you do get to the conference tournament and try to get to March Madness. Um, But I think for players, it is tougher because you don't have the opportunity to, to try to catch anybody off guard because, again, they know what you're going to run. Uh, you know what they're going to run. And so it really just comes down to executing and making sure that you're at your best. Um, but it's also easier said than done because, like you said, with, uh, with how EJ played last night, he's probably not going to do that again. But a, a lot of that had to do with them having seen him over the course of these – that was his sixth conference game. And so they've seen him for those, those five prior to that, and so they can kind of map out what's he going to do, how is he looking to attack. Um, And so, again, it's 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 tougher to continue, continuously to have that type of play night in and night out, especially in the conference season.
1: Do you guys talk, coach, to the players about making little adjustments in their game to try to adjust, you know, and compensate for for what's being done to them? Or is that more just a, a strategic thing that you have to set up for them?
3: Um, No, we talk to them. I mean, obviously, we go through every single game that we play, and we sit down and watch as a staff and individually. Um, We sit down with players individually and go over their minutes, um, and we see things that teams are doing to try to take stuff away, and uh, we try to talk talk them through that and try to show them ways to try to expose that and take advantage of it. You know, one of the biggest things for the bigs who I work with daily is, um, you know, rolling to the basket hard, right? They try to clog the paint. And if, we, if our bigs can roll and get to the dunker spot, um, it opens the, the lane up for guards, and then obviously getting them lanes to be able to catch and finish around the rim. And so we really try like, hammer that, hammer that every single day. We drill it, drill it, just trying to get the guys out of the way um, and in spots where they can be successful.
1: <laughs> and, I, and I'm smiling when I say this because I, I think I know the answer. But who's more frustrated when he rolls to the rim and the guard throws a bounce pass? Versus a lob, you or David (laughs) Mojica?
3: That's probably me.
1: (laughs) I can imagine. You've worked on that, worked on that. And all of a sudden, you expect a guy who's 6'10", 6'11", to reach down and grab the ball and be
3: able to bring it up through traffic. Yeah, we don't have a high success rate with that one. we got to kind of put the ball up there and put it in his range. Obviously, when he's rolling and he's playing well, throwing the ball up to the rim. He's been able to dunk it and finish it and make some big plays that way. And obviously catching it and putting it in the spot where he can catch it. He's shown that, you know, he's able to have success um, putting the ball in the hole if he's playing confident and having the ball in the spots where he can be successful and not putting him in trouble. You guys have both uh,
1: been watching Mountain West Conference basketball for a long time. Uh, you both played in the conference. Um, is, this the, is this the deepest? It might not be the best the conference has ever been. You know, we hearken back to the years, you know, when... The runner rebels were were beating BYU in the in the conference finals, and San Diego State, and New Mexico were 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 right behind, and, and all of that. But in terms of the depth of the conference, to from top to bottom, is this as deep as it's ever been? You think? Yeah,
4: I,
2: I think it's the most competitive it's ever been for sure. Um, I don't, I don't think the teams this year um, are the, the strongest teams this year are the strongest teams that have been in the past. Uh, but I think top to bottom, you've got more competitive teams. Um, I think that goes to, to yeah, it's be a shown, really good way of putting it. I think goes it goes to yeah. be shown like when, when we lost at San Jose, I mean, I don't couldn't tell you the last time we lost at San Jose state or anybody really has, <laughs> um, but just for them to be able to have that type of competition, that type of competitive season. Um, but it's top to bottom, any given night, literally any given night, anybody can lose in the mountain West. And I think you're seeing that this year, which makes it all the harder. And I think just uh, on, on top of Jamal's point, like, a big thing for me when Coach Krueger was coaching, he's always his job was to put us in a position to be successful. And as coaches, they can do that. But just because you're running the play and you're putting them in there, that's the play, but they're going to try to guard the play. And so the guys have to be able to adjust on the fly and find a way to make the play work. Um, and I think sometimes you, you can see guys, especially in conference season, they know this is the play that's supposed to be ran, but they're not necessarily going to be able to execute it because the team is not allowing them to. And so that's where you... How do you find those ways to still be successful when they're still try- they're trying to stop you or they're scouting you? And that's where you got to kind of take it to that next level. Like, for example, you can't throw the bounce pass to a, to a big guy when he's rolling to the, rolling to the rim. You've got to throw it up top and give him a chance to play. You can't just play it. You can't play it like it was drawn up.
3: Yeah, I think um, it is really balanced and competitive. I think mean, every single night, of I it, mean, you guys, we go through the scouts and we're like, ooh, they're pretty good. And then you watch the scores as you, you know, go through three or four games of the scout that you have. And you're like, okay, well, that could have went this way. If this play would have changed, or if they would have made that play, this the, that would have made a difference between a win or a loss for for a lot of teams. And the, the games are competitive down to the wire. You know, I got we got Fresno coming up. I watched them go against uh, Air Force last week, and like it came down to a, the last four minutes, and the Air Force went on one run and won won the game. But Fresno dominated the game from start to probably like the last five minutes of the game, like yeah. 35 minutes of the game, they dominated it. And so that balance is there um, to where any night, if somebody is, you know. Making the right adjustments and guys are making shots; they can be beaten.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at what what's gone on with the rebels. I mean, two two overtimes. Uh, you know, one of which was on a on a miracle prayer shot uh, last night. You know, a ball bounces this way or that way; it's an entirely different result. Uh, you know, so uh, all all of that I think leads to the to the conclusion that you guys just stated that. This is as competitive, and I love the word you use, Curtis. As competitive a conference as we've seen in the Mountain West, in uh, in in a very long time, maybe ever. There are no automatics anymore. I mean, there there used to be. Okay, you know, you get this team at home, or you you, you play that team. You figure you got that one locked up. That I, I, that doesn't exist anymore in this conference, and uh,
3: that makes your job harder. It does. Yeah, <laughs> hey, you know. This is what we signed up for, right? And we want to be competitive. And we feel like we have the talent as a group to be at the top half of this league. And we're going to fight our way to get there. You know, one thing I love about this group is that they're competitive. Like there, there was no moral victories. There was nothing in our group that said we're going to quit. Everybody's ready to fight and trying to figure out, you know, how can we solve this problem? And you know, we're ready to move on to the next game. And we're going to start working tomorrow. Guys had day off today, and you know, start building and try to get get back on the winning track.
1: Before we take our break, because when we come back, we're going to talk about you and your background a little bit. But we, you, you mentioned you work with the bigs and, and go into practice. Curtis and I get a chance to, to, to watch practice. And Keyshawn Hall is a unique athlete and he's a unique player. He spends, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, right now more time with you than he does with, with the guards. But that might not... Be the case for his entire career. Is that correct?
3: Um, you know what, he is a special mix. You know, um, he spends a little bit of time with both. Right, he doesn't spend too much time with me. He'll go down there and do some garden wing stuff, and then he'll go over and do some uh, come do some big stuff. So like he he splits his time. Um, you know, accordingly to the day. And, you know, he has that special talent, right? He is a mismatch nightmare, right? He can put on the floor and take guys on the perimeter. But he's also so strong. And you saw last night, like, he made some moves, and we talked about it today. It's like, I don't know how you guard that, right? He just kind of puts you in position with his size. Is like, okay, you either, either foul him or you hope he misses. The stuff we saw him do on the baseline
1: and on the interior last night, was that... Was he capable of doing that at this level in October, November, in November when the season started? Or has he learned, gotten into better shape, all of that stuff to be able to, to execute those types of moves? Because I'm sure he could do it in high school, but he was just bigger and stronger than everybody else.
3: I think that um, he's always been able to do that, you know, and, and find ways to do it. It's more being um, more precise with it, right? Like he, at the beginning, would, would want to put the ball on the floor and dribble and, and create space that way. And he was really direct and moved with a purpose uh, last night. And, you know, obviously his growth, being in college, getting in shape, all those things combined has made him um, ready for this opportunity that he was presented last night. And he stepped in and and played a big role last night.
1: He certainly did. He did a great job leading the Rebels, 19 points, a career high, which I would imagine uh, won't last too terribly long. Uh, in his career as we go forward through the years in Las Vegas. Uh, Fans, remember that uh, Finley Chevrolet, located in the southwest at 215 in South Rainbow, it's Nevada's number one Chevrolet volume dealership. Frankly, they're customer-driven. Take a break, come back, and get to know Coach Jamal Williams a little bit. When we return, you're listening to the Runner Rebel Coaches Show on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. Back to Webster, right side to Jackie. Jackie with three on the clock drives, puts it up and in. Quick move by Jackie. Boy, the Rebels needed that.
0: Back to the Kevin Kruger Coaches Show, live from the bailiwick inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino.
1: John Sandler, Curtis Terry, and Assistant Coach Jamal Williams with you. Kevin Krueger will join us in just a little while here at the Bourbon Street Lounge inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino, talking Runner Rebel basketball. Rebels getting ready for uh, their second of their back-to-back road games, heading to Fresno for an afternoon game on Saturday. We'll be on the air at two thirty with Runner Rebel warm up, three o'clock with the tip against the Bulldogs from the Save Mart Center. Up in uh, Central California, but talking to Coach Williams and haven't really had a chance to to kind of introduce you to the fans uh, with any sort of detail. So thought we would take advantage of this opportunity. Uh, you have a background in the Mount West Conference, having played at Albuquerque. You have some time in the Pac-12. Uh, walk us through your path to get to to get here to UNLV because uh, uh, you had an outstanding playing career and uh, then then decided to 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 get into coaching.
3: Um. Yeah. I mean. It's been a journey. I can say that. Uh, you know, leaving Ohio high school in Corona, California, played at Corona Centennial. Um, chose to go play for the Lobos and Fran Frischilla over there, and uh, had a pretty good freshman year. And then uh, was going to leave, but then decided to stay and play my second year for Richie McKay, um, which you know had some success, but just didn't work out for me as a place to be. Um, and then I ended up going to Washington, where you know things were great. Uh, obviously, played on two Sweet 16 teams. Um, was able to be the number one the NCAA tournament uh, with the 2005 Washington Huskies, won a Pac-10 tournament championship, um, was honorable mention all Pac-12 or Pac-10, I should say, uh, back then. And then, you know, whatever over to go play professional basketball overseas, um, played in Italy, France, Argentina, Iceland, Israel, and the Philippines, and had some success wow. doing that, traveling the world. And then um, when I got done, you know, I decided to make home in Seattle. Uh, and you know, raised my family and started getting into coaching. You know, fortunately, I got to see this young man, Curtis Terry, play when he was in high school at Curtis High School in in Tacoma, Washington. So it was uh, very familiar with him, and you know, followed his career from a distance. Um, and then you know, uh, had some success at the high school level, winning five state Washington State um, high school championships. Um, coaching a lot of you know young stars and a number of Division One basketball players, and you know, a lot of the NBA players that are from the Seattle area um, uh, while also coaching uh, AAU basketball with Seattle Rotary EYBL and had some success there as well. And then I got the opportunity to go to Portland State and had a first, my first college coaching career job there and had some success last year. And then Coach Kevin Krueger gave me a call and said, hey, I want you to come down there and help us out with the UNLV runner Rebels. And I couldn't be more happy to take the job and you know get down here and get to work.
1: The, the well the fans the fans appreciate the story quite a journey I don't know where to start which which was your favorite of those overseas stops, um,
3: the ones that spoke English it's um, <laughs> always a loaded least, question man. yeah it's always a trick question yeah, it's like that's, it's, you know obviously the Philippines was great um, you know they did speak English they had a lot of American restaurants there so the food was was really good <laughs> the, um, the
1: foreign place that wasn't too
3: foreign yeah there you go that worked <laughs> for me um, playing in Argentina was really nice you know obviously the weather was great. Um, lived close to the beach. I played in um, Blanca, so you know, it was out there close to the water. And if my family was there with me um, at the time, a young family because we were just getting started with building our family, and you know, was able to play out there. Um, Israel wasn't bad at all either. And I had one of my Washington Husky teammates uh, playing out in Israel as well at the same time. So we got to spend a lot of time with him uh, and Trey Simmons. So those are the places like I really enjoyed. Um, but all stops were good. Uh, you know, one of the things I always like to say is that. I was fortunate enough to be able to travel the world and I can go land in any of those places and know that I have friends there. You know, that's one of the powers of social media is that, like, I still maintain friendships with people from all across the world um, that I came across and played with and had relationships with while I was playing. And, and you know, I, I,
1: it's something we, we don't generally have time to talk about but what a great opportunity. I mean, Curtis, you played a little bit overseas as well. Kevin did a little bit as well. But, for you know, everybody always talks, oh, i got to go pro, i got to go to the NBA, et cetera, et cetera. What a great opportunity is as a, as a young man, uh, whether you have a family or whether you, you, you haven't started that part of your life yet, to get, a, get to see a couple of different places in the world, get paid to play basketball, but also get to experience that culture, whether, you, whether they have uh, a lot of good American food or not.
3: It's, it, it's, 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 it's a great opportunity. Oh, I appreciated it. You know, I, my thing was when I went, I went with the mindset of that I was going to embrace the culture and try to fit in and try to learn something while I was there, um, and and experience the different foods and and different styles of living and then their culture and how they do things. And it was and it was fun. you know, when you you know, I became a fan of soccer. I had never watched soccer or football ever in my life but I realized quickly that if that wasn't gonna make that a part of my life I was probably gonna sit in a room pretty bored a lot of times so I started watching American League or or, or European League and UEFA and all that stuff and just kind of enjoying the soccer lifestyle and you know they had parties around it so I was like all right well cool let's go do this that's tremendous all
1: right so you're at Portland State you get a call come to UNLV uh a little bit out of the blue, I'd imagine. Uh, crazy circumstances last year with the Runner Rebel coaching staff. Uh, your impressions of, of Vegas, your impressions of this Runner Rebel program, and, and the potential for uh, for getting it back to where everybody really wants it to be.
3: Um, it was it was out of blue, but um, coming in, you know, obviously playing against Kevin, knowing how much of a competitor he was as a, a per, as an opponent, um, you had a, I had a, a respect for him. Um, as, you know, the success that he had and how he played at Arizona State, right? I uh, had an opportunity. He never beat me, just by the way. He never got a win. Um, he never beat me either. Yeah, <laughs> right. We could take that one, right? <laughs> um, but he was a competitive, and he he got after it, and he pushed buttons on the floor. And so you had that respect for him as a competitor. And then, you know, coming in, is like, all right, let's see how this is going to work out. You know, being on staff, obviously I knew Coach Piri and me me and him have a long history being in the Northwest. Um, and, you know, obviously him being on the staff that recruited guys that I was coaching in the high school um, in that area. So we had a relationship, and then obviously Coach Cooper. And then, you know, the Vegas area has been really good to me and my family. My kids are, are enjoying it. Um, they're, we're up living up in the Henderson area, and they are enjoying um, life and new and developing new friendships and enjoying the schools they're attending. And then obviously being around um, the, uh, this great basketball program and coming to the games, they enjoy Every single game that we come to and and they, you know, and make the most of the experience of Hey, my dad's a college basketball coach and he's at UNLV and we get to go to the game. So that's been great. Um, There's a lot of excitement in our household about that Uh, and and being out of the Northwest and then obviously the weather, right? I haven't, I've been living in the rain for the last 17 years. I'm not going to complain about being in sunshine and not getting (laughs) wet on my commute to work every day. So like that, that part of it has been great. Um, but in this program is is so much history and tradition. Um, obviously, playing for the Lobos and coming here um, and seeing the fan support and, and being around in early 2000. You know, I played 01 to 03. I was at New Mexico and you know I played against Marcus Banks and Dale Ron Johnson and guys like that, um, Bigby and those guys in that time period. And I looked. I was actually looking up some stuff and I was like, man, in the conference tournament my freshman year we had a double overtime. It was like 108 to 106 game against. In the conference tournament, the first round, and like that, I remember parts of it, but I didn't know it went to double overtime. I was like, "Wow!" Like we had some battles, and I remember you know some games that I played at the pit against the against the rebels, and it was tough. And so with the national championships and the final fours, and just seeing all the facilities that UNLV has to offer, I was like, "This place can be great." You know, like, as we get this this thing rolling, we have a lot to offer to a lot of recruits. Um, and when they come out and see it and experience it, and experience this great fan base, uh, I think they'll want to be a part of this rebel program.
1: And, and that's really one of the things you're known for is you, you, you outlined and you d- detailed the work you've done, high school, AAU. You have a lot of connections in that world. Um, UNLV still has that cachet. The, when, when guys come in, they see the facilities, the Mendenhall Center and, and, and the Thomas and & Mac and all, all the things that, that this city can offer. Uh, there is still a, there is still a, a significant amount of, uh, of pull that that offers, doesn't it?
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you come to UNLV, you see the facilities. You come here, you see the city. You'll never be bored. In Vegas, it's always something to do um, and enjoy, you know, your life. And, 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 you know, obviously, I feel like it's a great place to raise a family. I, I feel comfortable here with my kids being in the area. So um, I think when you go out and, you know, you talk to recruits and, and guys from all the different places, Los Angeles and, and obviously in the Northwest where I, where I kind of recruit, those are my bases. Um, They'll be excited to come here and be a part of this program and see uh, what we have to offer and see what we're building.
1: That That is terrific. Now, I understand you've got some family responsibilities you got to take care of. Uh, so we're going to have to let you go here in a moment. Is that correct? Oh,
3: absolutely. You know, daddy do these calls. You know, one of the things, my kids are very, very active, right? I have a basketball player, a volleyball player. Uh, I have a young one who's going to do a little bit of everything. And I have another daughter that's pursuing professional dancing. So they keep me busy when I'm not here coaching. Like, it's like <laughs> I go from one job to the next. And Daddy duty calls. All right, Daddy duty. We'll let you
1: get out of here. But, uh, Coach Williams, we really appreciate you coming over and spending some time with us. And uh, we look forward to, to watching you and being part of uh, the Run a program as you and the staff get it going.
3: Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to getting this thing on the right track.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Coach. Uh, folks, remember, you can get off the sidelines and into EOS Fitness, a proud partner of UNLV, featuring premium amenities, including their turf functional training area. Move EOS Cinema, they're open 24-7 and much more. Join for as low as nine ninety nine a month at joineos.com. EOS Fitness, better gym, better price. Back with more, we'll hear from Head Coach Kevin Kruger, who will join us for the second half of the show. You're listening to the Kevin Kruger Radio Show from the Bourbon Street Lounge inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. Jackson. Out oh, the lake. Him. Stolen by Rodriguez. Rodriguez in the lane for the slam dunk.
0: Back to your hosts, John Sandler and Curtis Terry with Coach Kruger on the UNLV Men's Basketball Coaches
1: Show. Back here at the Bourbon Street Lounge inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino, John Sandler, Curtis Terry now joined by head coach Kevin Kruger and uh, just heard the highlight that was one of – Boy, a, a whole bunch of terrific defensive plays in the second half of last night's game that uh, helped the Rebels get back into the game and uh, come within an eyelash of, uh, of winning that ball game. Curtis and I talked about how it was a matter of inches coach with Luis Rodriguez with that shot late in the lane that just, I, I don't know how it didn't stay down, but uh, it didn't. And then the, the the play right at the end of the game when Jordan McCabe, if his fingernails were a little longer i think he would have stolen that pass in the backcourt and and been able to drive in for a for a go ahead layup but uh it, it unfortunately it didn't work out uh
4: that was quite in the environment last night it really was amazing yeah it was a, it was a great venue great atmosphere um another great one you know after coming off saturday the previous at the pit but uh yeah a uh, couple couple plays uh, ashworth hitting a big 3 you know when we've got a lead uh, uh but guys did an unbelievable job to fight back take the lead, uh, continue to scrap, continue to kind of claw and, and play together. And, and again, just kind of keep building towards, I mean, doing the right things to win games, even though it, it just hasn't resulted that way so far.
1: I was really happy for Jordan
4: McCabe last night,
1: a guy who has, uh, accepted, a, a, a backup role and a mentoring role for Keyshawn Gilbert without saying boo and, uh, uh, just, just doing anything and everything that's asked of him, and had a terrific ball game last night.
4: He did. He really did. And, uh, you know, the thing with Jordan is, you know, he's just kind of simplified it. Uh, you know, just just hunting out those catch and shoot three opportunities, uh, looking for those uh, chances to to make plays without uh, dribbling too much, without uh, just kind of making the flashy play. Those will come, but uh, just playing really solid right now. And uh, really, a, a, a really reliable three-point threat for us, which which we're going to need. Keyshawn
1: Keyshawn Gilbert uh, kind of got back to the Keyshawn we know and love uh, last night. And Kurt, you and I saw something uh, uh, from Keyshawn uh, when Keyshawn Hall, when Big Guard got a foul guarding under the basket, and uh, during the period of time when the guys are kind of milling around waiting for those free throws. Keyshawn Gilbert comes off the bench he wasn't in the game at the time and he he gave Keyshawn Hall a little lesson on how to play defense without fouling and walling up that's a great sign for the culture of this program
4: yeah it was a you know when so far this year when we've gone on the road we've done a really good job of, of banding together and uh and understanding that we're the only people in there that uh that we need to worry about and um that last night I think was another it was another good example you know you don't you don't come back in that environment and, and take a lead and have a chance to win a game if you're not uh, looking out for each other and rooting for each other. No question. And, uh, you know, we mentioned Keyshawn Hall. and give you a chance
1: to brag about him a little bit because last night was, I mean, it, it, the result isn't what you wanted. Nobody had a lot of fun at the end of the game, but it was kind of fun watching him work
4: yeah it was a great uh you know scoring threat for us uh putting him out there, giving him the ball down low, uh, letting him kind of survey and and use his his offensive advantage against utah state and um, but he was ready I think most importantly he was ready and you know six weeks ago eight weeks ago uh, being young being a freshman you 're not necessarily sure wh- how certain things are going to go how how he's going to react and uh but last night he was ready. To, all we had to do was tell him, be ready. You're going to be in there real early. And on the fir- very first play, no warm-up, no nothing. Threw it to him in the post, and he made a good thing happen. So uh, I think it, you know, expect a lot more of that going forward this year. We, we need a post presence uh, that we can throw to uh, reliably. Vic did a great job also with a couple post touches last night. So if we can kind of add that again, I, I think we're, we're still heading in the right direction.
1: Yeah, it was uh it was fun to watch and uh I know he's got a he's got a huge smile and and we saw it for a little while last night. Obviously, he was uh he was like everybody else frustrated with the end result, but uh it was it was fun to get see him get out there and 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 start to get it going a little bit. Uh can you give us a quick update on EP?
4: Yeah, EP's uh you know, everything's coming along well for him. I think uh it's just a a situation where, you know, I think uh, we are getting toward the day-to-day um, expectation for it uh, which is nice to hear you know of, of course he's a you know especially in those types of environments he's a guy that you know can guard the ball uh, really really pressure people and uh, just be another kind of secure confident uh, player out on the floor
1: and Kurt you and I've talked about it that the impact of him being out uh, of the lineup uh, might be the most significant of, of, of maybe pulling any piece out of that starting lineup for the runner rebels because of all he does not necessarily reflected on the score sheet.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously what he does defensively impacts impacts uh, the, the way the guys play defense. I think a big thing is it impacts the rotations, though, as well. Um, I think we've, we've noticed that since he went out because you, we put in Justin Webster. <clears throat> but then him and Jackie Johnson, their role has changed in terms of just coming kind of coming in and being instant offense. Um, they're asked to do different things, and Coach Kevin and his staff have had to change up the rotations. Um, and I tr- But I, what I strongly and truly believe is that I think the team will be better for the long run because EP was out because they had to learn how to make, to play without him and that people had to pick up what he did on the floor. Now obviously you're not going to replace him one to one but the fact that he's out now when you do able to reinsert him in the lineup guys are more comfortable doing different things on the floor defensively and hopefully that's just going to make the team stronger as they head down the, down the stretch of Mount West Conference play.
1: We, uh, we had Coach Williams with us. Uh, it was great to be able to talk to him. Uh, good sense of humor and, and he told us his story. Uh, can you tell us about how you came to to decide to bring him aboard when, kind of all the when Coach Chappell uh, you know went went and left as late as he did uh, you know for for Texas.
4: Yeah, uh, you know UNLV is a great place. It's a great city, great program, as as you guys know of course. And uh, so when when Brandon did end up leaving, um, there was a lot of people interested that uh, wanted to talk and and see if it was a good fit, but. Uh, Knowing Jamal now of twenty years almost playing against him when he was at Washington, I was at Arizona State, uh, staying kind of in communication while he was at Portland State or when he was with Seattle Rotary. Uh, it just felt like a, a good um, a good situation. Uh, there was a comfort level there, uh, knowing he, he had already known Coach Peary, so that I knew there was a comfort level between those two and then of course coach coop is uh, he gets along with pretty much everybody so yes, he does. Um, you know staff chemistry is really important and and Last year, I thought, of course, we had a, a, a great staff chemistry because we were all comfortable with each other, knew each other, um, understood roles, kind of what was expected. There was no uh, uh, competing within, the, within the, the, the conference room. And uh, that was the biggest thing going forward for this year. Uh, I really just felt that we had, we had to have that same staff chemistry where ideas are shared. Um, but, in a positive way, nobody 's trying to do something on the on the side or in the on the on the back end of things um, to, to maybe promote themselves or to get closer to a player that 's out of kind of the rhythm of what we 're doing and and uh, again, Curtis can tell I mean we, you know when you play as many years as we both did you you know what staffs are together and you know what staffs aren 't and the ones that are together that no matter you know, players don't care. <laughs> they don't care who gets what credit, who, who says what. They just want to know what the plan is, what to do, and how to win. And, and you can sense that as a player when uh, things maybe aren't in sync. And so just uh, I, we just felt like he was the best, uh, best addition to the, to the program and uh, really happy he decided to come. His, uh, his relationship with the guys is great. Um, he knows a lot of people, of course, in this business as you have to know and and he can share insight you know being a being a post player in, in a in a major conference on a great team um, he He can really help these guys out when we had coach Cooper here you were on your you were
1: recruiting uh, he 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 referenced the coach 's room he referenced that, that room in the mended hall and how you, you better have a little bit of a thick shell when you when you walk in there uh, I, I you know Curtis, you can speak to this i 've seen lots and lots and lots of coaching staffs. I don't know that I've ever seen one that has that enjoys being together as much as you guys do. Uh everybody's got their own little sense of humor and and, and how they how they relate to one another, but it works.
4: It does. And we have uh you know for you office fans out there, we have what we call Mega Desk. And so we've got kind of these four desks that are put together and everything we need for the day is right there on Mega Desk and we can we can share it. We can trade it around. But uh we start getting there, you know, early in the morning. Some of the coaches uh, get a workout in, whatever it may be, and then about about seven o'clock or so, start get ready for practice. Whether it's watching film, putting the practice plan together, but uh, start trading ideas because uh, we go in the morning. So by 10 a.m., we're uh, we're on the floor with the guys, uh, moving and, and and getting ready, and then. Uh, uh, so, so it's just it's, it's a great atmosphere. It, it's good for us, and uh, yeah, I mean we don't really spend a lot of time outside of Mendenhall.
1: No, it's it's become home. I understand that.
4: Hey, rebels! You can big win big
1: with uh, water conservation. Mandatory winter watering restrictions still in effect through February. If you haven't changed your watering clock to one day a week, do it now. Avoid costly water waste fines. It's the law. Find your side watering day at SNWA.com. Back with more on the Kevin Kruger Radio Show from Bourbon Street here in the Orleans Hotel and Casino on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. Up ahead, Lou Rod all alone for the slam dunk. And the Rebels lead 66-65.
0: Back to your hosts, John Sandler and Curtis Terry with Coach Krueger on the UNLB Men's Basketball Coaches Show.
1: Back here at the Bourbon Street Lounge, our final segment uh, here at the Orleans Hotel and Casino. Runner Rebels getting ready to go up to Fresno to take on the uh, Bulldogs on Saturday afternoon. A 3 o'clock tip will be on the air at 2.30. Runner Rebel warm-up, John Sandler, head coach Kevin Krueger, and uh, Curtis Terry who uh, will not be with us. On the weekend in Fresno, you're going to be, you're going to be involved in a, in a Runner Rebel event of sorts. A, uh, a good friend of both of yours and a former Runner Rebel uh, tie in the knot this weekend.
2: Yeah, since, since Coach was busy, I, I decided to take one for the team. Yeah, wait, wait I'll, till I'll say face wait, and go to the wedding for, for both of us. Wait but, till
1: you hear how much he's sacrificing. Okay, first of all, tell him who's getting married.
2: Mr. Scotty Hoffman. Mr. Scott Hoffman, uh, former Runner Rebel, is getting married to former Rebel golfer Melissa Mabonta.
1: And, and the horrible, horrible destination that you have to go to. I know.
2: These guys get to go to Fresno. Unfortunately, I have to go to Anguilla in the Caribbean. Um, I know, right? I, don't you, You'd rather go to Fresno, too, wouldn't you? That's what I said. Um, so I'm gonna, I, I told Coach I would take one for the team. I'll go out there um, for a long you weekend. You feel bad
4: for him, don't you? Yeah. I joked with Scotty and, and Mel that the only reason they got married in January is so that me and Allie couldn't go. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, it's it's really cool that you guys, you know, the, the, the friendship
1: that you guys built during your college days, and, and, and obviously the Run Rebels, a huge part of that, has lasted and maintained and, and continued and will continue for the rest of your lives. And, and and being in Las Vegas, Kevin, you coming back to Las Vegas, a big part of that.
4: Oh Yeah, I mean, it, it's just one of those things that you, you really don't, you know, like we all say, you know, when I was your age or when I loved, you know, this that we try to that that knowledge we try to pass on to the guys and to the current players, but there's there's just a truth to it when you're you know when you play or or even work for UNLV in any capacity, it's something that carries carries on for a long time. Even you know even when I went to play after college, Curtis went to kind of his direction, Scotty went his direction. You know we might not have been as seen each other as much as but uh, as we had in college of course but then we, when we all kind of found our way back to Vegas permanently it's uh, it's just like things you know it's like you didn't miss any time even today uh, Richard Box you know from a uh, f- former player for for Tark came came by the office just to see how we were doing you know just just to kind of tell us to keep our chin up and you know that the the former players are are they're still going to come to games they're still going to support the guys and he wanted the guys to know that he he, you know he hurts for him right now just kind of like we all do in a sense and uh but it, it, that's why it's special to be a running rebel and uh but yeah i think uh hopefully we'll be able to forget that kurt's in, in the caribbean enjoying himself while while we got games going on but I work uh, on my ten well he's gonna yeah. work he, he's gonna work on that and and the runner rebels are gonna get
1: a, a w up at fresno which will not be easy but i i'm feeling good about it and uh and uh uh, Curtis will miss that. And so yeah. we'll, we'll have... That I, to and I
2: think one of it. the biggest things about it, obviously, I mean, I spent a lot of time with Mr. Hoffman. Um, we're, we were we were roommates way back since, since 2004 in college. Um, so that'll be fun. But I think I'm more excited to the, our other former teammates that are going to be there. I mean, Kendall Wallace is going to be there... Um, Kevin didn't play with Dustin, but Dustin Villapig was, is was, was going to be there. Lou Amundsen is supposedly going to show up, but you never know with Lou. You never know with Lou. Um, but there's quite a few guys that to where I'm – that's what I'm looking forward to, to being able to, to reminisce with those guys and get back and tell some stories and, and have some fun. Um, but I know that I'll be tuned in on, on Saturday to make sure that we, we get the job done in Fresno. Well,
1: we'll definitely give you a shout-out and uh, hope, hope that you're not suffering too badly down in the Caribbean. Uh, uh, as, as, uh, and congratulations to the, the about-to-be Mr. and Mrs. Hoffman as, uh, as they have their, their special weekend and their special day uh, down there. Meanwhile, you and I and Nick and a few other folks will be up in Fresno and taking on the Bulldogs, a, a team that has uh, been a bit up and down this year. What have you seen? Uh, what, are you, what are you looking forward to on Saturday?
4: You know, you see any any Fresno team over the last handful of years with Coach Hudson up there, you're going to see a team that, that guards really well, slows the slows the pace down. Um, uh, you know, and oddly enough, there, there there's some similarities you know between us right now, where we feel ball, ball bounces a different way. We're we're looking at a different record right now, and watching a handful of their games uh, starting last night and this morning, of course, uh, with with the with some of the other coaches, uh, they're no different. You know, ball bounces a, d- a different way at the end of a few games or at a critical point in a few games, they've had their records uh, different. It's, it's, it's turned the other direction. So, um, we've always had great games when we go up to Fresno, uh, two kind of defensive oriented teams that, that, uh, that compete and try to make shots difficult, but, uh, got our work cut out for us. And, uh, and, uh, so hopefully we can kind of keep continuing to progress and, uh, We've done, we've done an okay job away from the Thomas and Mac this year in terms of taking care of the ball, forcing tough shots. Uh, we just really got to focus in this game on Fresno. The, the first half, we've just got to be a little more like we've been in the second half, and uh, that's our biggest challenge right now is how do we get off to a little bit better of a start or how do we not give up a, a run in the first half because um, statistically what we did and what the guys did in Logan on, in the second half was, was might have even been our best half of basketball this year. Um, especially defensively, slowing them down uh, the, the, the way the guys did uh, gave us the chance to win a really tough game. So uh, we just got to do that and, and, and just have a security and a confidence that if we keep doing what's, what's worked and we keep doing it and just keep building a little more and a little more, stick our chest out a little bit more, have a little more confidence, a little more swagger that we had like we did in November and December, then uh, the ball's going to start bouncing our way. Contrast of environments,
1: uh, last two road games for the Rebels uh, at the pit and at Utah State. I think Utah State was louder than any place uh, we've been in, in a long time. That, that was crazy. And the pit was insane, of course, as well. Uh, Fresno tends to be a little bit, a little bit quieter. And uh, one of those places uh, we talk about where you kind of have to kind of generate your own energy.
4: Yeah, well, Saturday, hopefully, you know, it'll be, a, it'll be one of those uh, a pretty good environment. But we talked to the guys a lot about, uh, you know, they had a blackout at Logan, they had a whiteout at New Mexico. Uh, you know, when you when you play for UNLV and you've got that, that, that jersey on, um, there's a lot of road games that you're gonna see some sort of of kind of special event, special night uh, to help kind of get the awareness. And uh, yeah, I mean, even at tip-off last night, we looked around and, and kind of thought to ourselves, like, oh, I thought there might be a few more people here. And I remember at the first media timeout looking back and being like, oh, all right, they, They're got, here. they got here. yeah. Um, yeah, there wasn't an empty seat in the house. They were loud. They were into it. But, uh, but yeah, I think uh, you know. And again, Fresno's fighting. They're scrapping. They're competing like our guys are. So, uh, judging by just the the crowds we've seen on TV, I think uh, the the city's kind of starting to back them a little bit and 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 get behind them. So I think we'll have a good one. It it should be uh,
1: should be a great game, uh, as you said, two teams that are similar and. Uh, Again, just feel so bad for Kurt not being able to come to Fresno with us and having to go. I've been,
2: I've been, I've been torn up about it for weeks, John. I mean, I just debated going, not going. Fresno, Caribbean, Fresno. Do you want Caribbean. me to call
1: Scotty for you and let him know that you won't be able to make it? And you know, you can fulfill your professional responsibilities. I mean, I mean, this
2: is a nice way possible. He won't remember that you called because I talked to him earlier. <laughs> <laughs> he's
1: having, he's having his week. I get it. I get it. Uh, no doubt about it. I remember those days. Uh, but uh, it. it Again, congratulations to them. Uh, Rebels uh, at Fresno and then back home uh, to take on a, a hungry Wyoming team uh, at the Thomas and Matt.
4: Yeah, Wyoming is a team that, you know, when you look at them right now, they're, they're incredibly scary just because of uh, they have dealt with so many injuries and in so many different lineups and rotations. Uh, a couple of their coaches I've known for a while, got a great relationship with, them, and we talk pretty regularly. Um, you know, you feel for them. You know, with Ek, they had Maldonado. out. Reynolds has been out. Uh, you know, guys that are were kind of the the backbone of that preseason top 25 team that haven't played. And uh, you know, we can't worry about that game, of course, too much. But you do, as a coach, you kind of wonder. Like, I just wonder if when we go out there and tip the ball up against Wyoming next week, they're just going to have their whole team. Yeah. Back. Well, that's your ready. nightmare, right? Yeah. You know, right? you, yeah, know exactly. you just kind of it's like that's not what we prepared for. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you feel for them. I, I mean, and they've been in a, a again. Another similar situation where they've been in a handful of games where the ball bounces a different way. They got a different record, much different record. But uh, uh, again, it should be a good one at the Thompson Mac. Um, that's a that's a team full of guys that have won a lot of games. It'll be the second time in a row where you go
1: Saturday Tuesday. Does having that that shorter turnaround does that make a huge difference?
4: Um, honestly, not with this one being a Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. When, like last week when we went Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, it is different because you, you've, you've got to be aware, especially at this point in the season, um, you know, we can't afford another ankle sprain yeah. or, or an ankle sprain or a, a knee-to-knee. So the prep is a little bit different. Uh, We've got to make sure the guys are, they, they know what they, we feel they need to know, but at the same time they're off their feet uh, and because when that ball goes up, they they got to feel as good as they can possibly feel for January, whatever it, uh, the day is.
1: Well, I, uh, you know, it was it was pretty cold in Logan last night, and I felt bad because so many of the guys came out
4: uh, with ice packs somewhere on them,
1: uh, and uh, you know it's just that time of year.
4: It is, it is, and uh, you know hopefully we can we'll start getting some guys back that have been sitting out, and uh, we can kind of blend them back into the roster or into the rotation, and uh, and that helps a lot with practice um, because you can get. While we don't do a lot, maybe 20-ish minutes of actual live um, action, uh, you still need a handful of those reps uh, to just see what it's kind of going to be like or as close to uh, when you're talking about what you want to do offensively and then, of course, what they're going to try to run against you.
1: Something just popped in my head. Kurt, when you come back, when do you come back from uh, the career. I'll be back for,
4: for a Wyoming game.
1: If the Wyoming game were in Laramie instead of... At the Thomas and Mac.
2: John, you know the answer to that question.
1: Yeah, you'd be back Thursday. Uh, There's no doubt about it. The (laughs) following Thursday. There's no doubt about it. Thursday (laughs) after Thursday. I definitely know the D- only because Only because
2: logistically it's a nightmare yeah, it's to get so from to, get to Laramie. Laramie. I mean, I don't even know if that's possible. Yeah,
1: uh, it is, and we would have helped you had you asked. Yeah. Oh, but, well, hey. uh, but that's going to do it for us. We really want to uh, appreciate and thank everybody who came out tonight, uh, showing their support, uh, Runner Rebels in Fresno uh, on Saturday afternoon. As I said, 2.30, Runner Rebel warm-up at 3 o'clock with a tip. Coach, appreciate it. Uh, for Kevin Kruger, for Nick Murphy, our engineer, for Demon back in our studios, and for the world traveler, Curtis Terry, this is John Sandler saying thanks for being here, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you Saturday afternoon from Fresno. Have a great night, everybody.
0: live from bailiwick inside the orleans hotel and casino you've been listening to the run and rebels coaches show presented by fenley toyota also brought to you by boyd gaming experience life rewarded with boyd rewards proud sponsor of unlv athletics and by fenley chevrolet frankly we're customer driven The preceding
2: has been a Learfield presentation of the Rebel Sports Network.